Welcome to the Marketplace Missionaries Podcast, where we help Christians integrate their faith into their work. My name is Donnie Swanepoel. I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans, and our special guest today is Clay McKinney. Welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for being here. Yeah, awesome to be here again, Donnie. I know that um, with the weather and stuff, we kind of had to take a week off, so I apologize for that, listeners, but thank you all for being patient. I'm ready to bring you all this week's episode. It's going to be really good. We got Mr. Clay here. So, Mr. Clay, if you would, just give us a little introduction to what you do. Yeah. Uh, my name is Clay McKinney. I'm the president at Hatcher Capital Investments. We're an investment firm in downtown Little Rock where we work with businesses and individuals for all of their investment and retirement and insurance needs. So. Hence the two Hence really cool hats, yeah. one black, one white. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I read your resume online, and you've got a very impressive resume. So kind of walk us through, you know, just to kind of hide where you grew up, and then your upbringing, and then kind of after that. Yeah, so grew up in a small town called Hughes Springs, Texas. Um, there's about 1,800 people there, one stoplight, not much going on. Um, so that's where all of my family still is, for the most part, my dad's side of the family. Um, but grew up there, ended up going to um, Washtenaw Baptist down in Arkadelphia, um, and then my met my wife there. Yeah. She's from Benton. And we got married in 2016 and never left central Arkansas. That's so. a that's an interesting transition, you know, leaving Texas for Washita. I would just mm-hmm. think, that, like, there's a lot of universities and colleges in Texas. So why did you pick Washita? Yeah, um, so I'm the youngest of three, and um, my brother and my sister both went to Washita. So um, it's, it's funny. There was actually a missionary that came to our church, and he was um, a Washita grad from... Yeah, a long time ago, and uh, just really um, moved my brother to look into Washita. Um, and then when I went and visited my sister at Washita, she's just a couple years older than me. My brother's nine years older than me. Um, so um, when I went and visited her, I just fell in love with it. So um, it's about it's only about two hours from Hugh Springs. Just um, with Hugh Springs is right up there, and the the Arklatex, you know. So took me about two hours to get to Arkadelphia from there so nothing crazy it's still easy to go home and see the fam right. so so sounds like faith you know you mentioned <coughs> you mentioned you know uh, the missionary coming to church so it sounds like faith has been a big part of your life so kind of what did that look like growing up and then you know how did you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior yeah so um, we you know I've, I've always been in church um, as a kid my parents were both very um, just great believers and great parents and leading us up in the faith um, so we were always there when the doors were open um, and uh, you know I remember waking up and you know every morning and going to the front of the house my mom was sitting there reading her bible and um, spending time in the word um, you know my dad anytime anybody would ever ask him to help do something you know he would drop whatever he was doing and go and help yeah. so um, you know, it was just really neat from an early age to see them um, be Christians in different areas. You know, I guess with my mom and her personal time with the Lord and then my dad going and serving others. Um, so anyways, I learned a lot from them growing up and being in the church. I remember I was seven um, and going um, through our bedtime routine with my mom and um, spending time in prayer. And um, I left and went to my brother's room where she was doing the same thing with him 
and just told them both that you know, I wanted to follow Jesus and accept Jesus. Um, so obviously as a seven-year-old, there's still a lot left to, to learn and know, um, but that's when it all started, my walk with, with Jesus. So. Heck yeah, man. That's, that's so awesome here. I love the stories of young uh, Christians like coming to the faith, like especially just the sanctification that comes through like the parents it all, it's always yeah. the same story. It looks like my parents really did a good job of leading me. It really inspires me to, you know, walk with the faith and just be a good steward to my kids in the future. Man, I love the stories like that. Like, that's that's yeah. the dream family when I think about it. So, yeah. um, if you would, just let's go through, like, what you, like, break down, like, being saved, you know, to some of the audience that isn't a Christian. Yeah, um, man, it's nothing that I did. That's mm. for sure. Um, you know, even... You know, I said as a seven-year-old, like, that's I, that's what I wanted, and then that's when I accepted Jesus. But every day it's just, like, I'm learning something new and struggling with something different, and, you know, I know that I'm just not good enough. Um, so I think it was actually on your episode, Donnie, that uh, you talked about um, the Romans Road, and, mm. um, you know, that that's it, man. There's nothing that I did that was able to get me, you know, to have that relationship with Jesus. It's all what Jesus did for us, you know, for coming and dying on the cross for our sins. So we could have that relationship with him. So I'm very thankful for that grace because I know I definitely need it. That's incredible, man. Just hearing, because it sounds like a lot of how you grew up is your mom and dad kind of planting those gospel seeds in your heart from a young age. And then at age seven, you know, the Holy Spirit changing your heart, you know, moving you from... uh, being from an unbeliever to a follower of Jesus. And so that's just an incredible testimony of, you know, the, the impact your parents have had on your life. And so how did that relationship with your mom and dad look like kind of post becoming a Christian? Um, yeah, man. I mean, I still uh, spend a lot of time just learning from, from them as we, you know, as I continue to grow in my faith. Um, having conversations um, just where we can um, grow together and uh, sorry guys we're having some technical difficulties but our IT tech Kai Jeans is at work Thank you, Kai. I appreciate right. that, man. Yep. Sorry, no. audience. Uh, just we got it squared away. <laughs> um, so sorry, Donnie. Ask me your question one more yeah, time. Yeah, kind of. What does your relationship look like with your mom and dad today? <clears throat> and do you still learn from them? Oh yeah, man. Um, so I uh, after college, before I went and got into the um, investment world, I worked for my dad. He owns a, a business in Hugh Springs. Um, he got some restaurants. So I went and worked with him for. Um, you know, two years, I guess, and I went to work with him every day and just got to see him in action and see him interact with people, and so that was really neat. Um, my mom, we actually lost my mom two years ago Sorry to, to uh, yeah, thanks, man, to, to cancer. She was diagnosed with breast cancer um, in 2010 and uh, passed away at the beginning of 2021, so, um, but, I mean, she played a big part in our story leading up to then, but especially, you know, at the end of her life, it was, uh, um, you know, death and 
it's just hard, you know, but thankfully, um, you know, because of Jesus, you know, it's made the grieving process a little mm-hmm. bit easier, you know, because we know that one day we're going to be reunited together um, with Jesus, which is even better. So, um, you know, in those last few years or months of mom's life, like it just, you know, as believers, we put others first, right? And we treat others the way we want to be treated. And, um, you know, the last thing that mom was worried about was herself in those last days, like always just trying to make sure that, you know, we were okay and we were comfortable and, um, you know, that we were going to be okay after she passed. And so, um, it, it's just, it's crazy to think that it's been two years. Um, but man, I learned so much from them, um, before all that. And even more so after that, you know, I talk to my dad every day now, which I, I didn't do that before she passed. And, um, so it's been really neat to get to see my relationship with my dad grow even more over these last couple of years. So I want to ask you a specific question. You mentioned the word grief, you know, as, as individuals, we don't grow up and then people teach us what grief is or how to go through that. So, one, how did you how did you deal accordingly with the grief? And then did you seek out mentors or others to kind of help you through the grieving process? Yeah. Um, so I still don't know if I, you know, did it the way I should have, I guess. But, uh, you know, thankfully having um, – family there to help older family members there to help during that grieving process um have a lot of buddies from church and from work you know that some of them are my age some of them are you know 10 years older than me that were able to just really pour into us and love on us during that time um I don't know if there's necessarily like you know uh one specific mentor that you know is like a you know, in their 60s or something, you know, like a father figure that necessarily was pouring into me during that time. But, um, but yeah, it was just a, you know, a a conglomerate of people, you know, just being there to be, to be with us and to grieve with us during that time. And, you know, it's really neat. Um, I feel like I've learned over the years that like the Lord always just gives us what we need right when we need it, you know, um, like right after college when me and Emily were, got married and we're getting plugged into a small group, like, you know, people would come and go and it sucked because we were building relationships and, you know, but the Lord would always bring somebody else in and, you know, um, to let us grow and learn from and do life together with. And same with my mom when she passed away, um, like literally four weeks after my mom passed away, we found out we were pregnant. And, wow. you know, so um, just like, you know, one life passes away and then the Lord brings new life into the world. Just, you know, really, again, just perfect timing. Um, the Lord's got perfect timing. So, yeah. Heck yeah, man. I really want to also highlight what you say about like Christian community. I think it's something, I don't know if we've touched on it in previous episodes, but I definitely think one advantage of being a Christian that gets undermined is the power of community, like in the Christian community as well, because mm-hmm. it is, even like you mentioned with your mom, like she wasn't worried about herself. It's such a right. serving community to others. And I just want the audience to know, like it, one, if you're a Christian not plugged in, like get plugged in, like it really does help. Like 
even from like a knowledge standpoint about the Lord, I know like we gain a lot of knowledge in our Thursday night group, Donnie. Um, but just the power of community, man, like from a knowledge, comfort, even going through grief and stuff, I think that's where we see it a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. just even all those buddies you said you had that just yeah. joined alongside you and that. I think that's something that the lost world is like missing. Um, For and sure. I would just love the Christian community to just go out there and show them that community side. Sometimes I think we can get sidetracked on like, oh, I don't want to be a part of a non-Christian community. And it's like, I agree. But, like, being able to show that love in those areas, yeah. I think that would be huge. So For sure. Yeah, and also just the value of having a mentor, right? I mm-hmm. think that's one thing we've talked a lot mm-hmm. about. And it sounds like you've had some some mentors throughout your life <coughs> in different seasons that can walk you through some, some struggles. And so uh, going back to your days in high school, did you play any sports? I mean, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I played basketball and baseball. Um for Hugh Springs and granted they let any they let everybody on the team because um, <laughs> we were so small but um, loved playing sports um, and you know continued to play sports into like or intramural sports you know at at Washita, which was a lot of fun so it just you know I I don't get to do it as much now as as I would like to but still love to to get out there and play um, you know work league softball or pick up basketball it's a awesome. good time yeah so what did your time look like at Washita? I mean, how, how long were you there for? About four years? Yeah. Um, man, that's, I feel like that's when I really started to learn what, you know, true community looked like and um, uh, just what accountability looked like with, you know, with other believers um, my age. You know, um, it's just uh, that's where we learned to study the Word. And, um, you know, other than your typical, like, Wednesday or Sunday night, you know Sunday services right that's when we started to actually be that's when I started to be involved in more um, Bible studies with mm. with a close-knit group of guys which I'm still really tight with most of them even though we've all kind of went our separate ways and our you know I think we're all kind of spread out but just those relationships there really um, helped form my um, my beliefs and my my walk with the Lord and some of those daily habits. So, so did you have a clear understanding <clears throat> of what it looks like to transition out of college into the business world and then how to be a Christian in the business world? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, I, when I got to Washington, I thought, maybe I want to be a Christian instead. Maybe I want to go, like, I, I don't think I ever felt the call to full-time ministry, but I was like, maybe I want to do Christian studies and um, we did a Bible survey class and like loved it. You know, the first first class, hour and a half, we went from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is awesome. I want to like, and then we got to Bible interp, and I was like, this is not my forte. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is not me. And um, so um, I think you know, having the parents that I had, like, it was easy to see um, their faith being lived out in the workplace. So like for me, it was just finding the job right to to go and live out my faith in the workplace which um you know so i i got connected with edward jones um my office donnie was actually the, the one i worked out of this office right over here by your house oh, across the, edward the street, jones one? Uh, which across the street from kroger like oh, that's cool. um so i mean I've, I've knocked on doors in this neighborhood introducing <laughs> myself to people i'm surprised that i didn't run into you before we did um but anyways um it's, it was neat to see, like, once I got into this role 
um, with Ever Jones, which is now what I do at Hatcher. Um, just the relational part of the job, you know, getting to um, just get to know people and talk about, you know, um, private information. You know, mm-hmm. people are not real open about money. And, you know, so if they're talking to you about their money, they're going to be vulnerable, which has just been able to open the door for other um, conversations about faith or stewardship and giving. And um, so it's been a really neat transition um, into that role that obviously still learning how to have those conversations, but um, it was just a an easier transition, One, an unexpected, yeah. um, you know, an, an unexpected part of the job that I was pleasantly surprised with. That is surprising yeah. to me as well. I mean, th- so th- was the goal to end up in the financial investment? Yeah, I mean, I had a I had a finance degree, um, and I I worked for my dad for those couple years in more of a people management role, um, and but that was in te- that was in East Texas, and um, I was trying to get back to Little Rock so um, me and Emily could get married and you know have a life together up here. So um, I just really started applying for any type of finance or management role that I could, and um, the opportunity with Ever Jones came up came up and um you know the lord just opened doors for um you know for it to happen like my interviews throughout that process were um with family connections from home or washita connections um you know from school and um you know the lord just opened the doors for me to come and you know start that practice here in little rock and um so just I, I think I thought that it could be, you know, a, a good career path, obviously. Um, right. But um, it's not like I just knew that I wanted to be um, in the finance world or a financial advisor, you know, from like the time I was 16 or anything like that. It just, you know, just kind of happened, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, piggybacking off of that as well, like, you know, not really knowing if you were making the right, in air quotes, decision yeah. there. I know a lot of our viewers coming out of school and stuff, and even me, I dealt with, you know, am I following the Lord's will, taking this job? Like, yeah. Do I need to stay? Do I need to go? Um, so, I mean, that was difficult for me. So, if you could, like, speak on how you sought God's wisdom in your decision-making process coming out of mm-hmm. school. Like, okay, I want to make it back to Little Rock. Like, what were the motives, and how did you seek God through that? Yeah. Um, man, you know, one big piece of it, it goes back to that community. Um, you know, I, I like, um, I'm a words guy, an affirmation guy. So like I, as I'm trying to make a decision, I I like to seek counsel and, you know, hear if, if I'm, if they think, if others think I'm on the right path too, right? Like not obviously still seeking the Holy spirit and asking for wisdom from him, but you know, the Lord uses people, like us to to speak that truth um so you know spend a lot of time um in um you know just reaching out to mentors and family to talk through that transition and um and even when I made the jump from Edward Jones to Hatcher mm-hmm. like that was a that was a big decision um you know and I I know that the Lord has a his perfect will and perfect path for us but I also think that um, I don't know, like, um, you know, the Lord is is sovereign and good, and he can use us in any 
I guess, path, you know, whether or not we're not sure at the time if that was like the best decision for us, but like, um, or if that was what the Lord wanted us to do. Like, I have no doubts that had I not gone to work for Edward Jones or had I not gone to Hatcher Capital, like that the Lord would still be you able to use me in whatever path that was. So um, it's hard because like, it's real easy to get wrapped up in being like, all right, I need, I have to make sure I make the perfect choice perfect. every time, every time. And I, that's what I struggled with. And just what you're sharing is, is so insightful and so wise. One thing, seek out counsel when you make that transition from college to, you know, the real world. And then number two, there, there is no perfect path, but trust in the Lord and, you know, follow his will. And then he's going to take care of us. And so yeah. I just wanted to highlight those two principles, what you just said, because, uh, maybe even three. Oh well, that was, that was just a, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna piggyback off that as well. Well, like, and that's what I was hoping to hear from yeah. you as well. That I think our audience can get a lot of freedom from, and even me. Like, I wish someone had told me. Yeah, back when I, I was wish I would have known that. Yeah, I was like, oh, if I, go, ago. <laughs> I was like, if I go back down to Little Rock, like it's over, and it's yeah. like. But I really liked even the like Greek. Oh, sorry, the Greek translation to go in the Great Commission. Like it's as you go. Mm-hmm. I think in our society today, we look at go in that phrase a lot more specific than you would have if it was in Greek. Like, go to me, it's like, okay, I need to go to Little Rock. I need to go to Hatcher. I need to go do that. But it's really just saying, hey, as you make decisions, like, follow the Lord and he will be sovereign and spread the gospel through there. So I really like that. Like, it really opens up the freedom. Yeah. And even as you're saying, like, you hadn't gone to Hatcher. The Lord wouldn't have been like, uh, Clay yeah. didn't go to Hatcher. Yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we're done. Right, yeah. He, we can't use him anymore right. until he figures out he needs to go to Hatcher. We'll just leave <laughs> the job posting forever. So, <laughs> right. I, man, I just really like that you I- emphasize that. Like, there's a lot of freedom in following the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the uh, it's guardrails. Uh, well, it is guardrails, but it's healthy guardrails. It's not boundaries where it's like, oh, you got to stay in this limitation, you know. I think that's really good for me to hear. Even yeah. I wish I heard it before I was a Christian. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Lord is just going to, like, what I've been learning from my siblings, too, is, like, you know, we just need to be open to what we feel like the Lord might be calling us to do, like, whether that's moving or changing jobs or, you know, I mean, the Lord, because he's going to open the doors that he wants to be open, right? And if he doesn't want you to move, he'll make it yeah. apparent that you don't need to go anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, he's either going to open one door and close another or, you know, he's going to provide you with some direction on yeah. how to make decision making. And so I know we've talked about you going through downline in mm. Conway. Yeah. Kai is currently in nice. the thick of it. Yeah. I didn't know you went to downline. That's yeah. awesome, man. Downline Conway, so man. I loved it. Tell us a little bit about your time in downline and how that helped you grow in the area of discipleship. And then how did that translate into being a, a, a husband and then a dad? Yeah. Um, man, Downline, I would highly encourage everybody to go through it if they could. Um, I was actually on the fence about it for a while just because it is a big time commitment. And oh man, uh, the physician that Emily works with, she's a physician assistant at Conway Regional. Um, he went through Downline in Conway and just really encouraged her to do it. And we didn't have any kids, so we were like, let's do this together. So we got to do it together, oh, which was sweet. even even better. Um, so it was really neat to, to learn with her and, um, apply those, um, you know, everything that we learned 
whether that's, uh, you know, discipleship in the home, discipleship at work, um, your marriage, you know, future kids. That we actually found out we were pregnant um, as we were going through downline. So those um, family discipleship lessons with Danny Hinton, like, just hit home even more because I was like, dang, this is about to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really thankful to get to um, – walk through that with her she's way smarter than I am so we would learn and then she'd come home and like reteach it to me so which was great so I got a double whammy and um and then uh you know it just at when I was going through it Walter um was going through downline Little Rock so um it was really neat for both of us to be at work and talk about what we were learning and you know try apply that in our conversations with with our coworkers or with clients, um, it was just, you know, again, the Lord orchestrated it all for us to be doing it together and, and growing together at the same time, which was really cool. That's incredible, heck, man. Heck yeah. As we talk about like integrating those conversations into the workplace, like, can you just give some insight on how y'all did that as a team? Like how you did it individually? Like yeah. what that looks like, man. Um, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, it, I think a lot of it just stems down to, you know, um, showing kindness to others and loving on people and, you know, treat, again, treating them the way you would want to be treated. So, you know, I'm pretty easygoing guy. So just like, I like to build those relationships and just get to know people, um, you know, on the, in that discipleship, um, the downline definition, what's truth in life transference right. in the context of a loving relationship. I think I might I might have butchered that. You can you correct should me. know it. Yeah, right? I was gonna say you Man. can correct me. Kai, have I'm you been wrong. reteaching? Okay. <laughs> I, I've been reteaching and doing the accountability sheets. Yeah. I had I, I hadn't done a single memory verse, uh, so I'm just it's gonna, hard. Yeah, <laughs> no. Got to step up your game. I, I know uh, Troy, uh, the IT guy there. He was like, "Hey, we need to." He was like, "The memory verse is in the email," and I'm like. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that's fair. It, it's hard man um it's uh you know so i was we found out during downline it or it was apparent to us that like i'm better at the the life part i think um and my wife is better at the truth part um so that we make a good team that's good but uh but i've had to work on that in my conversations at work or with you know in community or with clients or whoever just like I I can't forget to, you know, share the truth whenever, or I can't be scared to share the truth whenever the opportunity presents itself. So that's not always um, something I'm great at, which I've been trying to be better at because, you know, you can do the life all you want, and that's a big part of it. You know, that gives you the, um, that gives you the opportunity to share that truth, but then you just and you got to go in and share the truth. So just got to be bold. You got to be bold. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. How did you How did you balance all of that? I know downline for me it was a Monday night commitment for two hours. I did grad school Tuesday night for two hours, and then downline Wednesday morning, and then work full time. Had a wife, Golly. had a kid. So how did you personally balance all of that? Man, I, you must have been busy during that season. Oh, I'll just say it was like a season of a lot of sanctification. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it helped that Emily did it with me. You know, did downline with me. Ours is so in Conway, it's Tuesday mornings and Thursday nights. So um, you know, five forty-five on Tuesdays, and then six forty-five to eight forty-five on Thursday nights. So um, 
made it easier to have somebody, you know, in the house with me that was also going. So we kept that helped keep us accountable to being a part of it. Um, I didn't have kids at the time, which made it easier too. I, you know, we didn't have to find babysitters or or anything like that. But um, you know, balancing that with work and trying to grow a business, um, you know, it was it was not easy. But um, you know, again, just having that. I, the community, the accountability, even just between me and Emily to like, Hey, this is a priority for, mm. for us and our family. And, um, so we're going to, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I've got, before we wrap up kind of part one of Clay's episode, Clay, before he came, Kai and I, we had this offline discussion of how did I know that Rachel was the one, how mm. did I know that Rachel is going to be my wife one day? And so, as we wrap up this first episode, I'm curious, what did that look like for you and Emily, and how did you know that Emily was the one? It's <laughs> a great question, man. Um, we were answering it now, or are we doing? Okay, Go ahead. yeah. <laughs> I just say I didn't know if this was like segueing into the break or what. Um, man, um, she is just she just got the biggest heart, biggest servant's heart. Um, when so when we met in college, she was actually um going through some health injuries she had broken her hip actually wow. and um you know had every right to be like down in the dumps and you know um let that affect her her relationships with people and she was just you know still the most loving and caring person ever um so you know that after a few months of dating her i think we knew pretty quick that you know, we wanted we wanted the same things um, for each other and for future family together. Um, so I, I knew that she was somebody that I could um, grow together with and grow closer to the Lord with. That she would push me closer to the Lord, um, which is something that we all need in a in a spouse for sure. Heck That's yeah, so good. Yeah, especially the end part. I really like that. Like, which we'll we'll talk about it um, in next week's episode or after the break for us, you know, like yeah. that, again back to the freedom of the Lord. Like you didn't say, "Oh, the Lord came down and descended upon <laughs> me and said, yeah, Clay, Emily's the one.'" She's the one. And you woke up and were like, "Hey, the Lord just <laughs> came and spoke to me." So a lot of good um, free will. We do have free yeah. will, so that's really good to hear. For sure. So, other than that, this will uh, wrap up this week's episode. Clay, thanks again for coming and Thank audience. Thank you guys for having will, me. Uh, We'll be pushing out something, part two of Clay next week. So we will see y'all. See ya. Thanks, guys.